Justin rose early and drank his coffee outside, watching the colony wake up. He sat on the stoop of the apartment building, looking over some sort of evergreen bush at the street beyond. All of the houses had the same design, a single-story rectangular shape with a door in the center and no windows at all. They were evenly spaced on square lots. Only the plants out front marked the difference in care and ownership. The apartment building was square also, but had a second story. The apartments were clearly for guests. He had heard no one in the building during the night, and no one had passed him on the way to work. The streets were full, however. Adults carrying satchels and briefcases walked by, chatting. Others wore work clothes and carried nothing. A few wore sand scarves and helped each other apply reflective cream. They all seemed quite joyful, laughing, joking, giggling. He had never seen people so happy to go to their jobs. Work seemed to start at the same time. He would have wagered that the workday ended at the same time, too. They didn't need split shifts. Most of the workers processed and shipped salt juice. The rest maintained the stores on the south end of the colony or worked in Command Central. They all seemed quite self-sufficient, not surprising, considering their heritage. They had gardens and rarely ordered much beyond staples from Lena Base. He stood and went inside. The apartment didn't seem as tiny as it had the night before. The living room had a couch and two easy chairs, upholstered in green and obviously shipped in from Lena Base, a desk with a computer set up and one wall converted into a 2D screen with discs and hollow chips stored on shelves on the sides. The apartments had been designed for traders who came to deal in salt juice. They were obviously given the best the colony had to offer. The tiny kitchen had water purifiers, air cleaners, and an ancient compressor cooker. Cheap paintings, reproductions from works he had seen on Minar and Lena bases, covered the white plastic walls. He would have preferred windows. He put his mug in the air cleaner. Then he went back out. The last of the stragglers had gone up the street, and in the near silence he heard a squeal of laughter, followed by a child's voice. He followed the sound. It didn't seem too far away. The laughter came again and again, guiding him to it. He walked in the opposite direction of the workers, past terraplastic homes with no windows, large gardens that passed for lawns, and fences dividing property. The fences caught his attention. Another need to mark property, or did the colonists feel the need to block each other out? The laughter grew closer. He turned and saw a small corner park marked off by a waist-high white gate and three weeping willows. Flowers grew like vines along the gate and, inside, on the grass, about ten children sat in a circle, playing the game they had played on the holo. One child stood back, leaning on a plastic gate. He was tall for his age, the gate came to his chest, but the longing expression on his face made him seem even younger than he was. Justin wondered if his own face used to look like that on nights after the Menoran trial, when he passed his colleagues in the middle of a heated roundtable discussion. He suppressed a sigh and stood beside the boy. It took a moment to recall his name, Michael Dengler.